Hey yo, ladies, gentlemen, fellas, 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 week five, final thoughts video is here. We're going position by position. I've done a lot of research, 20 plus pages of game by game notes up on the Patreon. My projections and rankings for both cash and GPP up on the Patreon. A bunch of other stuff is up there as well, so be sure to check it all out down below. But we're going to go over a good amount of that stuff position by position, where I'm currently at in terms of player pool type stuff. And then we'll also talk about in the Closing Thoughts podcast on Patreon this weekend. And also Sunday morning, we can answer questions on the live stream on YouTube. That's the free version. We can go in there and ask some questions on where I'm currently at exposure-wise. Last week was a fantastic week. The week before that was fantastic. Two of my best weeks ever in the NFL last week being by far the best week of pulling down a seven. 17,000 plus dollar Ruski week in profit. We're looking to try and make that another week this week. And I feel like pretty good on the player pool. The projections look good compared to ownership. Why don't we crack into this thing? But before we do, like button for me, big old subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube, I've got some video backgrounds going. I'm going to try and get these going as often as we can right now. We're vibing on the beach in the sunrise. It looks fantastic. I hope you're feeling good. I'm feeling good. It's Friday morning. Hello Friday to all of you people out there. This video is sponsored by Jock Market. That's the logo that you see above. Jock MKT. It's pronounced Jock Market. It is in the app store down below right now. It is now available over in Canada to our Canadian friends. And it will soon be available in the Android Google Play Store in the description. You can currently go to their website. Basically what it is, is it's turning daily fantasy sports and it's throwing it right into a stock exchange. Bang, the two worlds are colliding. It's been a ton of fun. I've had a ton of fun. Last week was not so good of a week. The week before that was my best week on Jock Market, really learning the market and kind of just the bidding process. Bidding opens on Sunday morning for four hours. The IPO, initial public offering. You go in there, your whole goal, try and buy low, but you can't buy too low because then other people will outbid you. Kind of like eBay or if you're just trying to bid on anything in any type of bidding process. So the goal is to identify value players and buy low on them and then hope that your identifications were right and that they pop off and get a lot of fantasy points, right? In the past weeks, Joe Mixon last week, Aaron Jones in previous weeks, Devonta Adams, right? Alvin Kamara, those types of huge weeks from players. If you can snag them at spots where they're only projected to maybe be the 10th or 12th highest scorer, but they score the most points, well, bam, you're about to get so much return on investment ROI. So Jock Market, you can check it out. It's linked down below. The bidding starts on Sunday morning. The website and the downloadable app for Apple Store is linked down below. Check it out. Jock Market, Daily Fantasy Sports becomes a stock exchange and boy, it is a ton of fun. I'm feeling good on this beach right now. This is a good time. Why don't we start with the quarterback position? And I'm going to start this bad boy off with the one that everybody's going to roll their eyes, right? Ah, Dak Prescott. Everybody knows to play Dak. He's got 450 yards in three straight games coming off a 500 yard game. He just every single week we're playing these stacks, right? Yeah. And you're going to continue to play them because right now the peek behind the curtain on the projections on Patreon link down below right now, you can see that Dak Prescott is not only my highest projected quarterback, he's my highest projected player. And he is my number one value at quarterback. Sal, that makes no sense. He's the fourth highest priced quarterback. How can he be a value? Value is defined in my book by point per dollar. He is my highest value. And it's honestly not too close right now. And yes, he's 7,400, but I really don't care. And you can counterpoint argue it with this could be the week where you know what the Giants defense is okay. It's decent, right? It can stop the run, but maybe the Dallas Cowboys has 10 10 point favorites finally just cover what the Vegas spread is usually right on. And I think that is kind of the risk in this situation, but the 32nd ranked overall defense and coverage of the Dallas Cowboys, can they stop the 28th ranked overall offense of the Giants? That it's a little bit skewed because the Giants have faced four top 12 overall defenses, three of which are in the top four in pressure rate, three of which are in the top eight in overall coverage right now. So I do think that Vegas is normally right. And if odds are the Cowboys win this game and they win by double digits, you're going to see a bigger Zeke game than a Dak ceiling game. But based on the way that these Vegas totals are, 30 points implied, if Dak Dak has a game where he has 280 yards, right? Not 450 or 300 yards and two touchdowns, picks up a couple rushing yards. Your Dak Prescott floor games of 20 points. Yeah. Not going to ruin your lineups, especially when he's still throwing 35 times. So at $7,400, he's my top quarterback play. He's my top play in the slate, according right now to my projections, if you're going based off projections and he looks really good. Matt Ryan gets the Carolina Panthers defense that ranks 14th in pass rush and 15th in coverage. A bunch of rookies. They drafted only rookies in this draft as Carolina defense. And 
it's been pretty damn decent. They're two and two now on the season. Atlanta ranks 23rd in pass protection and Julio re-injured his hamstring. He had, did not play in the second half against the Packers on a short week because they played on Monday night. You have to just see what happens there. I would lean that he's probably not going to play. And then you're going to just get some Calvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst, some of the backup wide receivers who did pretty good on Monday night. Obviously, Russell Gage as well in the slot. Through four games now, Matt Ryan ranks third in attempts, which is very similar to last year. He's always up there in attempts. They never have good defenses for him. He ranks fourth in yards per game at 312. And he is number one in air yards, 411 air yards per game. So this man is just airing it out most of the time out of desperation, trailing to the Packers, trailing to the Seahawks in a game against the Cowboys where they're facing a terrible downfield defense. So Matt Ryan at $6,100, it's a lot easier to get stacks when there's an affordably priced Julio. But even if he plays, it seems like he might just be a red zone decoy because that hamstring has been bothering him now for what seems basically two months and it just continues to get re-aggravated. That's now the second time this year during the season that it's been re-aggravated. So keep a close eye on that. I still think that there is upside in the Ridley, Hayden Hurst, Gage, and some of the other wide receivers out there in stacking options, especially against this matchup in Carolina, where there's a nice team total of 28 currently, 7.5 yards per attempt for Matt Ryan, an efficient quarterback, as we always know. Another value that looks really good, and he finally had that touchdown or that GPP winning upside, right? He had the rushing touchdown, two touchdowns in the air. He overall had 275 plus passing yards. Teddy Bridgewater. Now he's only 5,900 on the opposite side of this game, and they say that he's going to be playing from behind based on what the Vegas spread is telling me. And Teddy Bridgewater's weapons look good. And the Carolina stacks right now, yeah, I've got a lot of interest. I assume they're going to be a top four, top three on stack, maybe even top two for me this week because they're just so cheap. None of them are above $6,000 in the stack because I'm not putting Mike Davis in the stack. So $6,000 flat is DJ Moore, $5,900 is Robbie Anderson. You get Teddy Bridgewater at 5,900. So showed that rushing upside that we've kind of been like, do you have that anymore after your injury with the Minnesota Vikings? Seems like he did. He's six right now in yards per game with 287 per. He's top 10 in yards per attempt right now at 8.1. Top five in accuracy. Bridgewater looks good. And if he brings that mobility like he did last week, even if it's not the touchdown, just give me three points on the ground. That's where you start getting that GPP winning upside. Atlanta is now down to third stringers in their secondary, which already was bad to begin with. Their bottom eight through four weeks in overall coverage at this point. And I like the fact that we got to see that GPP winning upside last week from Teddy Bridgewater. Love the stacks here. If you're not familiar with my work, how you doing? Be sure to hit the subscribe button, even on the podcast, and I'm over there as well. Takes two seconds of time. We're about to hit 30,000 subscribers. But I just play game stacks in GPPs, not in cash. But th- what that means is I'm pa- stacking a quarterback with two of his pass catchers, no running backs 99% of the time. I won't put them into the group, running it back with one or two options from the other team. Last week, in a lot of my winning lineups, that allowed me to take down some smaller GPPs and finish second in the 333. Basically, I just had the Dallas stack. I stacked Dak with a CD Lamb and an Amari, ran it back in some spots with Jarvis Landry, some spots with Odell, which was the big upside one. That is where you're going to correlate the best of your lineups. That is where you're going to have the most upside in winning a GPP. You don't need to do that in cash, but you need correlation and you need to just get less right to have a huge upside. And that's what we did last week, the Dallas Cowboys. And honestly, we're probably going to do it again. And you could do it on the other side of that Cowboys game with Daniel Jones. He's not going to have a good pass blocking advantage, or at least more times than not, he won't. But this is a Cowboys pass rush that ranks 25th. It's an offensive line that ranks 30th for the Giants and not good. I mentioned it earlier. This is who they faced so far this year. They face the San Francisco 49ers, the Chicago Bears, the Rams. They've just faced absolutely brutal matchups to this point for the New York Giants. So obviously they're not going to look like that good of a team in terms of their overall matchup. Oh yeah, I should throw the Steelers in there who are arguably the toughest defense in the league. So you don't have Sterling Shepard, you don't have Saquon Barkley. It makes it a little bit easier to stack this team now, right? Evan Ingram, Darius Slayton, and also Golden Tate. That's pretty much all I'm going to be putting in the groups here. So it's kind of nice and easy to, if it is Daniel Jones going off for a big game, it's kind of easy to capture who he's going to be throwing to. I don't want Damian Ratley in there. I don't want the running backs in Devonta Freeman or anything 
anything like that. Give me the top two wide receivers and their top tight end that right now is number one in all participation. Route participation, snaps, he's up there in targets. He's just not producing because it's just been really difficult matchups and really difficult matchups, not only in the secondary, but also in the offensive versus defensive line standpoint, because this Giants line is just not that good right now. But it's the opposite this week because you have a 25th ranked Dallas pass rush. You have the 30th ranked overall coverage unit in the Dallas. They rank 31st overall right now on defense. They are not good. They're not good by any means. And maybe, just maybe, the Giants who have not scored a touchdown since week two. It's been two weeks now with no touchdowns. Eight quarters, I would assume, and I would bet money on it, that this is the game that they can break that trend. Patrick Mahomes is a pretty obvious one, right? We don't have to really say too much here about Patrick Mahomes. Even in a game where he didn't look good last weekend, he still goes out for like an above average yards per attempt. Still goes for two touchdowns. Just misses 300 yards in a game against a really good Patriots secondary that not as good as last year, but still really good. So Patrick Mahomes is somebody that I'm going to be continuing to get to. He has a plus 39% pass blocking advantage against a bad Vegas secondary that ranks 32nd right now in coverage. The only team that is worse than them, or they are the worst team right now. They took that over last week against the Buffalo Bills, and somehow they're one spot worse than the Dallas Cowboys. Nice little bonus is that right now, Patrick Mahomes is averaging about 27 rushing yards per game as well. So you do have that mobile upside that we didn't really see for a lot of last year, and it came back during the playoff run. So it's good to add that. Deshaun Watson is going to give you mobility, but he hasn't really done it in the past two weeks. Now gets a matchup when he's going to go up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. A huge pass blocking advantage here for him. A new coaching staff. So maybe, maybe that gets Duke Johnson on the field more. That would help move the chains, help get them to the red zone, help Deshaun Watson coming off his best game where he had a 9.1 yards per attempt in that last time out. He will now go up against the middle of the pack to slightly bad Jacksonville G- defense through four weeks. They're ranked 24th in pass rush or an 18th in coverage at this point. The nice thing to see is that he is borderline top 10 in air yards. So he is chucking it downfield to Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks. Cooks ran the most routes last week, just put up a goose egg. They try to scheme him out. I don't expect that to happen every week. And again, Bill O'Brien was indeed fired. So the offense could look a little bit different. Hopefully that means more Duke Johnson, maybe even a little bit more Brandon Cooks involvement than we're currently getting. So those are my right now six yeses at the quarterback position. That's where I assume I will get the most ownership towards my stacks. But again, I'll know that for sure in the Closing Thoughts podcast this weekend on Patreon. You can check it out and get signed up linked down below. Some of the other quarterbacks that I will have in my player pool as of right now, I never exclude anybody. This is just my assumptions that I will get based on just years of doing this. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Gardner Minshew, and Derek Carr. Gardner Minshew could be the sneaky underdog one here. Might only be like three or 4% owned. And he's going to be on the opposite side of the Houston game where I assume Houston is going to be relatively chalky because Deshaun Watson in a good matchup. All these guys for the most part from the pass catching options are relatively cheap. Some guys almost $3,000 like Brandon Cooks. Randall Cobb is down in that price range if you want to stack some things up. But Gardner Minshew on the opposite side, you have DJ Shark, you have Chenault who's coming off his best game of the year, you have Keelan Cole who's at least decent to put in stacking options, and then you run it back. So it's a nice spot to maybe get some leverage for a guy right now who's like top three in overall completion percentage, top three in accuracy in Gardner Minshew. He's been really efficient from a yards per attempt standpoint. So go ahead, get yourself some Gardner Minshew as well. You don't have to get a lot, but I think it's a little sneaky way to get different on this slate. Next up, we go to the running back position and on my opposite sheet right now and on my opposite screen, I'm pulling up on my end and you can get this down below. If you're a patron, you already have it. The 400 or so of you that are patrons. I appreciate all of you a ton. We're pulling up the running backs right now in terms of the values and all that type of stuff. Got to update some things just based on practice reports. I should call out that I'm doing this video on Thursday. I usually do it on Friday mornings, but I'll be traveling on Friday, heading up to the mountains to get a little bit of a day trip, overnight trip. Should be a lot of fun. Not going to the beach that's behind me, unfortunately. The weather is getting a little bit too cool for that. We're going to head up into the mountains when the fall leaves are changing. It should be a pretty good time. I'm going to get some nice coffees up in there, walk it off. It's going to be a good time to hike and things like that. But right now, my number one overall play in terms of value at the running back position, you're going to be like, this is crazy. So, how are you doing? this for both the quarterback and both the running back, but it's Ezekiel Elliott. And it's crazy because he's an expensive player. He is the most expensive running back right now. So how is he a top value? It's point per dollar right now. I'll look behind the curtain. I have Zeke projected for over 22 fantasy points, which sounds crazy, but that's what happens when your team has a 30 plus implied team total and you're a 10 point favorite. Yes, the quarterback who's throwing a ton per game and showing his mobility is going to get there. And yes, the guy in a running back right now in Ezekiel Elliott, who doesn't even need to do it on the ground. He scored 20 plus DraftKings points last week without even scoring a touchdown. He's seen 20 targets in the last two weeks alone. So obviously there's some correlation between Dak 
and Zeke. I don't think it's enough for me to really want to force him into these game stacks because we've seen that for the last three or four weeks now. You don't really get much out of them if you do that. It's mainly downfield passing, but what you do get, at least in Zeke's standpoint, is you do get a lot of security when you catch eight passes for 71 yards and you get over 15 fantasy points just alone in the passing game last week. So yeah, these guys are really projected out for a lot. It's hard not to like Zeke or get up to him. He's insanely involved in the passing game and running routes, whether they're in negative game scripts and he's trailing or they're in fine spots. So Ezekiel Elliott is an obvious play for me. If you're playing cash games, I think he's basically a lock. He's my only A right now in the rankings. Again, you can get all those down below. If you're playing cash games, he's basically a lock for me at this point, unless some sort of really good running back value opens up because he's really cheap. Nobody's above $8,000 in the slate. Christian McCaffrey's not playing. He's the only one there. You're going to have a fine matchup on the offense and defensive line. The Giants are sneaky good against the run. I think it's going to be fine here because of just the game flow independence from Zeke's pass catching ability and all the work that he's getting inside the red zone. I mean, he's number one in the NFL at 91% of the snaps. How much do I really have to tell you? Running a ton of routes, number two in evaded tackles. He's number one in goal line and red zone work. So yes, Ezekiel Elliott, pretty much a lock if you're playing cash games. And I want to get him in a lot of GPP lineups. I'm probably not going to pair him up though with his quarterback. It seems to have worked out every single week so far. And I don't think there's enough correlation there for me to want to go to it. Clyde Edwards Alaire for me is going to look like a nice play as well. So right now the Chiefs are going to have a positive 22% run blocking advantage. Look, a team that has like a 33, 34 implied team total, an insane team total. They're going to be touchdown plus favorites in this one. It looks good. He's getting 18 carries per game right now. 304 rushing yards in the year is sixth in the NFL. Hasn't been all that efficient to be honest with you. 14 receptions and he didn't have any week one. So basically 14 through the last three weeks is good to see. He's getting a lot of red zone touches right now. He has 16 red zone touches, running a ton of routes, top 10 in that regard. It's just a really good matchup. He's basically the discount Zeke this week, right? High powered offense, high team total, huge favorites. And he's involved in the passing game for a thousand dollars less. I think that if you want to put him in your cash lineups as well, you can, if you have enough money. So Clyde Edwards Lair is an easy yes for me against a 28th ranked overall run defense of the Oakland Raiders. We can talk about some other ones. Derrick Henry right now is kind of up in the air, right? I did give you a little shrug emoji because we don't know if this game is going to be played. $7,000 is too cheap for Derrick Henry. Even if it's going to be a somewhat tough matchup, I think it's a sneaky bad run defense from Buffalo. Don't be mistaken. The Titans offensive line is better than the Raiders last week. So you can get a little bit more push for Derrick Henry, but we won't go too much into detail there. He's a fine play, mainly just a tournament play for me because of the fact that if he can be easily game scripted out and he needs to rely on his red zone carries to really hit you for a tournament winning score. And we don't know if this game is going to go on. The next guy though is Kareem Hunt. And Kareem Hunt's somebody that I think can have a huge week and a lot of people are going to own Kareem Hunt, but I don't know if it's going to be as much as they probably should. I think Kareem Hunt's in a really good spot here at $6,500. Mike Davis is going to pick up all the ownership. Now this is a pretty compact range this week. $6,400 Mike Davis should be the most expensive or the most owned running back on the slate because he should be in the $7,000 range in my opinion. Mike Davis looks good, right? He's a yes for me right now. His usage is borderline elite. They just put Reggie Bonifon who had 12 touches last week and actually looked good as the backup. They just put him on the IR to join Miss Christian McCaffrey. So it's all Mike Davis's show right now, right? But Kareem Hunt is going to go a little bit lower owned than he should. He'll still be owned, but $6,500. But Sal, Dearness Johnson, when Chubb got hurt last week, saw 13 carries to Kareem Hunt's 11. Kareem Hunt got all the carries that mattered inside the 20 and inside the 10 yard line. That's why he scored two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt came into the week and they kind of hinted that he was going to be limited in this game, no matter what. It just so happened that Nick Chubb got hurt. So it made it look a lot worse as if Dearness Johnson's going to have a huge role. Dearness Johnson, 13 carries, 95 yards. He did a really good job. He was really good in the preseason last year. Last guy on to that roster bubble and he's looked good. So props to Dearness Johnson. But this is Kareem Hunt's backfield. He was not involved in the passing game. He pretty much just had the money touches in the red zone because of the fact that he was injured. At least that's what I took from this. He has a really tough matchup against the Colts who are the number one overall defense right now, according to DVOA and football outsiders, pro football focus as well. They're up there in the top two. But his involvement in the passing game, his cheap price point, and the fact that he's not going to be as owned as he should is going to push me more towards Kareem Hunt. And then my final yes, is somebody that I just made a video on that'll come out on Saturday, but I really like Antonio Gibson at $5,000. Look, I know he's going to be in a negative game script, but he's facing the 30th overall run defense right now. And in a really bad spot last week on 48% of the snaps, the second most he's seen this year, he's not running as many routes as we hope, only 14 per game. So the 21 per game that JD McKissick is seeing, and McKissick has seen 50 plus percent of the snaps in back-to-back weeks, but Gibson has been insanely productive and he's getting all the overall work. He's had now 13 plus carries in back-to-back weeks. He's had touchdowns in back 
back-to-back weeks. He has now had the most touches from a Redskins running back with 17 last week. I think you're slowly going to see more and more Antonio Gibson work then. This offense looks gross. Kyle Allen is now in, who all he did was check down to running backs and tight ends last year. So we're just hoping at $5,000, he was the RB5 last week, and that was with him facing a really tough matchup in Baltimore and then trailing for most of the game. So what this is a play on is that he's going to be less than 5% owned only for GPPs for me. And the fact that I like him a good amount is this could be the week. Like this could be the week. He could be the best rookie running back so far and we don't even know about, right? I know Clyde Bertier is a great role. I think Jonathan Taylor is absolutely insane. But like so far through four weeks, in terms of a per touch basis, he looks fantastic. James Robinson, undrafted guy. I don't forget about him either. But this could be the week that they say, you know what, Antonio, go run more routes. Instead of 14, go run 25 routes. Instead of having 13 touches on the ground, we're going to give you 15 if this game stays relatively close. And just like that, it's a 20 touch game for Antonio Gibson. That day is coming. It's four weeks in now and it's slowly increased, right? He's seen 11 touches per game. He's seen 14 opportunities per game. And he just had the most work he's ever had in his NFL career through a month at 17. I like this a lot of $5,000. He's a playmaker with upside. Give me some Antonio Gibson. And then after that, there's a lot of guys I have interest in. David Johnson, I have interest in, right? He's going to be highly owned. He's really cheap. Jacksonville just got absolutely dismantled last week. So David Johnson is going to be somebody that you're going to want to have ownership towards. Jacksonville ranks 13th in run defense, but they got blown away last week. He has an 84% snap share David Johnson this year. That's number three amongst all running backs. An 82% route participation rate is number one. So he's running a ton of routes, but Duke Johnson came back from injury last week and looked pretty decent, right? And now they just fired the coaches that are all invested in David Johnson or mainly the main coach, Bill O'Brien, who gave him the huge contract, or I should say took on his huge contract. What if they're just like, you know what, Duke Johnson, he was at Miami, everywhere he's been in the NFL, the Browns, wherever we take him, he's a good running back. Let's give him more work in the passing game like we should. Duke Johnson came in last week, seen 15 routes run. David Johnson, 15 routes run. You're going to slowly see his passing game roll go down. The problem is he's going to be very cheap this week, so he's going to pick up ownership. But I do have interest in Duke Johnson as a very sneaky, like 1% or less than 1% tournament play. It's not going to pan out for you probably 95% of the time, but I do like Duke Johnson this week to take some shots on in large field GPPs. Other guys down here who are not going to pick up a lot of ownership, all these guys, Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, James Robinson to an extent. I do think that Miles Sanders matchup is absolutely brutal. And this Eagles team needs to throw him the ball more. But if he's really going to be one or 2% owned for a guy that a lot of people are just taking in the first round, this has Joe Mixon written all over it from last week. Everybody's down on Joe Mixon for the first three weeks, but he was a first round running back in your season long drafts. We know the talent that he has, bad offensive line and a slightly difficult spot. And then he comes out, at least on paper, difficult until that point, comes down and he just dominates, sees all the passing game work that we were hoping for. That could happen to Miles Sanders. If Miles Sanders sees all the passing game work we were hoping for, gets the goal line carries, breaks one or two nice runs like Joe Mixon did, he's going to be like one or 2% owned at a fair price point of $6,500. So if you're going to get 2% Miles Sanders, yeah, I'm going to be interested on that. I'm not going to have him as my highest on running back, but if I get like 8% Miles Sanders, 10%, and I'm that much above the field, feels good to me. Same argument can be made for himself. Joe Mixon, who's going to be an underdog in this one, has a tougher matchup, but we just saw Antonio Gibson do well in that matchup. The rookie went out and scored 20 plus points, finished as the RB5. I think Joe Mixon can do the same if he keeps his passing game role there. Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders is going to be low owned. Josh Jacobs is going to be a huge underdog, and I was going to have interest in him in this really good matchup against the Chiefs, but he's coming in with extreme, extreme ownership right now. And we saw what happens if they're in a negative game script last week. Their offensive line is not good enough for guys when they put eight in the box against Josh Jacobs. He goes out there, he averages three and a half yards per carry. That's not going to get it done for you. So for me, Josh Jacobs is somebody, if he's going to keep this high ownership, like a top three projected guy, I'm going to stay away from him. I also call out Kenyon Drake, as we always do. He left in the fourth quarter. He's not seeing any targets. He's a two down back now against a Giants or a Jets defense that has not been that great. Kenyon Drake is not somebody that I really want to be playing, but he continues to project out nicely for me for about 15 and a half fantasy points, just because he continues to see in a high powered offense, or at least a fast paced offense, 16 plus touches per game. He does look like a bust, but he's eventually going to find the end zone. It does seem though, like he's not going to be the pass catching back just five targets down through four games. Chase Edmonds alone last week had six targets just in one game. So those are some of the guys I'll point out. Jonathan Taylor, a decent low option as well. I probably prefer Miles Sanders, but I would take Jonathan Taylor over Mixon to this point. Those are the main guys that I will talk about for the running back position. Let's move over into our wide receivers now. As we move into the wide receivers, I'll let you know my Patreon down below. Projections, 
rankings, cash games, GPPs, 20 plus pages of game by game notes, a closing thoughts podcast, and even more stuff. You can find all that information linked down below on my Patreon. Check it out if you want to support me over there. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore if you're listening on the podcast version. And take a second of your time and hit me with the like button real quickly. Like button two seconds, big old subscribe button pops up as we crush through, hopefully by the end of this week, 30,000 subscribers are getting very close. So I thank you all in advance. So wide receiver, we're going to have to scroll a little bit because there's a lot of wide receivers I like, as I always do. And some people call comments saying, oh, you got too many wide receivers. This week, I only got like 35 in here. And if you're going to come here and be like, oh, what are you talking about? I play a lot of lineups, right? I play 150 lineups. So when I'm stacking, let's just say eight different or 10 different quarterbacks, and most of them will be most of my exposure in like three or four of those guys, or maybe five some weeks. But when I'm stacking those guys, I'm going to have two of their wide receivers more times than not. So right there, I'm looking at like 20 wide receivers at the very least, more times than not, I'll get their third wide receiver in some of my lineups. So we're at 30 already. Then obviously I'll have some one-off wide receivers. That I don't want to stack guys that I think I've upside, but I don't really like their overall team stacks and game stacks. So we'll go through the yeses. I'll skim through some of the maybes, the X's on my sheet as well right now. And I pull up my wide receivers and I project them based off of my value. Hopkins at the top right now. This is not based on my value. I'm looking on my other screen You can get it down below those projections and rankings. I'm noticing that Hopkins is a little bit harder to get to than I thought. It's a great matchup. I would try and prioritize him in cash, but there's a lot of 4k wide receivers and low 5ks and the 6k range is just loaded as always with just really good value. So I would prioritize the running backs this week in cash games, right? Your Zeke, your Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, those types of guys. I would prioritize your quarterbacks this week. Yes, I would, I'm fine playing for Dak in a cash game. It's looked really good, right? I don't know if I paid Dak and Zeke. I'd prioritize your quarterbacks, tight ends. It's just naturally to prioritize them when the top four or five tight ends are on the slate this week. So yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, it's really going to be tough to prioritize him in cash. We'll see how much I get of him in tournaments, but he's cheaper. He'll probably be lower owned because of that. And it's still a really nice spot for a guy who even in a bad week last week still comes out with a 29% target share, seven receptions on double digit targets. And that's a bad week for him. Next up, I don't really have to tell you too much about these Cowboys receivers. Amari Cooper is fantastic. 12 catches over 130 yards last week. He's likely going to see James Bradbury, who when he was with the Carolina Panthers, sometimes he would shadow and it wasn't that great. I think this is a positive matchup for Amari, but I also do think that in GPPs, it is a sneaky week to try and play. Maybe both of Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb will be lower owned if you want to get a little bit leverage off of a chalky overall stack, which in general stacks really don't get that chalky if you're game stacking in tournaments still, or if you want to get the tight end in there. So I like Amari. I'm not saying don't play Amari. He projects out really, really good for me right now. Amari Cooper for me is still going to be somewhere around like a top 10 overall wide receiver play. He is exactly right now in my top eight. So still looks good. But if you want to get a little bit different, maybe you say James Bradbury can try and shut him down a little bit. Don't think it's true, but he does look good. Julio, you're going to have to track. If Julio's in, I have him as a yes. I might move him to a maybe because unless we get word that he's practicing in full, he's going to retweak this hamstring. It's only been six days. I don't see that he's actually going to play. I don't think that he does. But if he is in, and by the time you're watching this, he might not be playing, then that's fine. But if he's in, he could really be a decoy. So I probably wouldn't play him. It is a good matchup though against Carolina and he's just so cheap, but it's baking in his risk. CeeDee Lamb, way too cheap. CeeDee Lamb, for some reason, still not picking up ownership. CeeDee Lamb looks absolutely insane. Should have had three touchdowns last week. He got overthrown by Dak in the back of the end zone. He's going to go up against Holmes, which is a huge advantage for him in the slot. He takes 93% of his snaps out of the slot right now. He's overall number one of all wide receivers in slot snaps. He's overall top 12 in receptions on the season. Picked up his first two career touchdowns last week, 309 yards and 166 routes run. It's fourth in the NFL. I get that he's quote unquote priced up to $6,000, but he should have been $6,000 two weeks ago. He should be like 6,500 at this point. CD Lamb is still very much in play for me. CD Lamb still grades out for me as a borderline. Right now, he is my overall 10th wide receiver on my rankings. You can check them out down below. I already told you I have interest in both the Carolina guys, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. DJ Moore is going to continue to be highly owned, even though Robbie Anderson has been more productive but I assume they'll both be in the top 10 in wide receiver ownership. They might both push the top five in wide receiver ownership, which yet again, if this Carolina stack is going to be chalky, I still like it, but every single week on a Monday so far, I'm like, ah, 
I don't know why more people don't play Dallas. I'm sure they're going to be chalky next week. And then last week, I bink almost everything playing the Dallas stack. And the same thing's going to happen this week. Everybody's going to go out and play the Carolina stack. Some people will go out and play the Atlanta stack. Very sneakily, I think the Cowboys will have an advantage there, but also the Chiefs might be very under-owned. Tyree Kill himself might be high-owned. Travis Kelsey usually picks up ownership, but them stacks altogether might be a little bit lower-owned. So something to look into. But Robbie Anderson, yeah, he looks very good. He looks similar analysis to DJ Moore as above. They're going to be chalky. They're cheap. That's why. And they look really good in their stacks and a good matchup. He's producing as a wide receiver one right now. 28 receptions through four weeks for almost 400 yards at this point. He's running a ton of routes. He leads the team with a 25.5% target share right now. So it's a really good spot for him. 13.5 yards per reception and 10.8 overall yards per target shows you that he's still getting the targets downfield, but also in that intermediate range where he just never did as a jet. So very good to see that for him. I think there's a lot of upside in him and DJ Moore. DJ Moore though is going to be really highly owned. So outside of my Carolina stacks, I don't expect to get a lot of either of these receivers, maybe some Anderson, but if Moore is going to be that highly owned, I assume that I'll filter him out unless it's a Carolina stack. Other players from this Dallas game right now, the Dallas and the Giants game, Michael Gallup. He's going to be more on than CeeDee Lamb. I get it because he's extremely cheap at 5,400. He's not getting as much volume, but he's still seeing all downfield targets. Man, ran the most routes, saw the most snaps. Out of all the Dallas receivers last week, he'll likely face Yonam, which is going to be a fine matchup. Pro Football Focus has it as a plus 28% advantage. He's number one in the NFL in routes run with 193 routes so far. This man is almost averaging 50 routes per week. That's just absolutely insane. He's going to pay off. People are on him this week, but they should be. I think he looks very good right now. And then on the opposite side of this one, look, you can get unique in your Dallas stacks. Yes, Dak might be 20% owned, but if some of the wide receivers are only going to be 5%, or maybe you play Dalton Schultz at tight end, there's only going to be like 5% owned. That's how you get unique. And it allows you to play Darius Slayton, who's currently my number one wide receiver playing the week. I'll play Darius Slayton in cash. He's $4,800. He's too cheap. Yes, there's been concerns with the quarterback, but we touched on it. The matchups are just really difficult right now. Darius Slayton right now, if you look at it, he's currently seen 29 targets on the year. That's very good in this offense. He has 100% route participation. He's going to face Worley, which is going to be a fine matchup. Pro Football Focus has it as plus 17% advantage. Everything looks good and efficient, almost 16 yards per reception, and he's way too cheap. I also like his teammate in Golden Tate. I'd rather play Slayton for the upside. They're both going to have ownership, Slayton a lot of it, but Golden Tate going to get Jordan Lewis, former Michigan cornerback, who's actually pretty decent in the slot, but he's been banging up this entire year so far. 81% of his snaps, Golden Tate, have been in the slot. You're seeing a lot of slot snaps in overall 106. He's only getting 34 yards per game. Again, the matchups that they've had have been difficult. I think Golden Tate has a lot of upside. He has two touchdown upside as well. He gets targeted in the red zone, but I do prefer Darius Slayton. I do prefer their tight end, Evan Ingram, but those guys are in play. Steph Diggs is going to be low owned. Check out my video this weekend. Steph Diggs at $7,000. This is a good spot for him. The targets are coming down though, which is a concern. He started so far this year, 913 targets, only six and seven the last couple of weeks, maybe because they're using the running game a little bit more. Josh Allen not throwing as much. Allen also got banged up last week to an extent, but a 24% target share on 8.8 targets per game is top eight in the NFL. Diggs is still widely in play for me. The Tyreek Hill explosion is coming, but he's just been consistent Tyreek Hill, which we don't usually expect, right? A touchdown every single week so far. He's getting like 60 to 85 yards per game. It seems like he's only 6,900 against Vegas. It's really good. He's the number one priority in my Kansas City Chiefs stacks. He's going to be highly owned, but if you're playing Patrick Mahomes, you're probably really trying to jam in Tyree Kill. I assume I'm going to get a lot of Tyree Kill this week. He might be one of my highest owned wide receivers. And then a couple more yeses before we just get onto a long list of laundry list of maybes. Russell Gage is in play. I'll have him in my Atlanta stacks. He looks even better if Julio's out. He's mainly playing out of the slot right now. Russell Gage has just been insanely efficient, right? For a guy who's like a wide receiver three on his team and is very cheap, right? $5,100. Being able to get 6.8 targets per game is very good right now. He's going to see Jeremy Chin which is arguably the best matchup that you'll have against the Carolina Panthers in the slot. He's played 72% of his overall snaps out of the slot so far and a 16% target share. And then you get Brandon Cooks, who nobody wants to play. He was cheap last week. He's even cheaper this week at 4,100. He ran the most routes on his team and played the most snaps of all the wide receivers. They said that they purposely tried to scheme him out of the game after the game, which is kind of odd as a defense trying to take away Brandon Cooks and not Will Fuller, only getting 35 yards per game. I think this is a bounce back spot after everybody wanted to play him last week. He was one of the highest owned players. I think the highest owned wide receiver outside of DJ Moore 
sure. I'm going to jump back on him this week. We'll see how much I get, but it'll be in my Houston stacks. And I assume he'll make a lot of my just one-off lineups, not cash games, but GPPs. Rack Henry rug status. Calvin Ridley for me is very close to a yes. Calvin Ridley grades out as a very good option this week. He's expensive, but if Julio's out, He's in. He's going to be in line for a thirty percent target share in a really strong matchup. He could explode at seventy five hundred and lower ownership. So give me Calvin Ridley. You can see my long list, right? Houston, Will Fuller will be in there. I'm a little bit hesitant on both the Rams wide receivers in any format, even season long. Let me scroll a little bit so you can see on your end right here. Uh, I'm a little bit hesitant on these Rams receivers. Dobbs only throwing thirty times a game because he's being efficient and they actually have a running game. Last year he was throwing like forty something times a game. So if he's going to throw less, those huge games when they were going for one hundred and twenty yards, these Rams receivers or seven or eight receptions each, they're literally getting cut in half right now. It's like. 50, 60 receiving yard games on four or five receptions. That's not going to get it done. Now it is a good matchup this week for both of them. I think I slightly prefer Robert Woods. If you had to give me one of them, I would slightly prefer at this point, Cooper cup in the slot, just more red zone upside to an extent. He also has just a better matchup in the slot, more field to work with over Robert Woods for a hundred dollars more. Both look fine though. Going down a little bit more, keep an eye on if Richard Sherman comes off the IR. He's eligible to this week. If he's not off the IR, I do like Devante Parker, Devante Parker coming off his best game on the year, 10 catches over hundred yards on 12 targets. He is the alpha in that offense. And it seems like like he's finally over this lower body injury that hurt him for the first couple of weeks of the season. Hard to like Crowder, hard to like Edelman and those guys with too much like conviction, right? Because of the fact that they have backup quarterbacks who look terrible for the Patriots. And I don't know what to expect out of Joe Flacco for Crowder. The number four overall target share with Sam Darnold, it was over 30% target share. Now that can only get worse, you would assume, right? So that's going to hurt him who he's priced up. Guys down here that I like, they'll be in a lot of my stacking options from Randall Cobb. See what happens with this Tennessee and Buffalo game. That'll be important for Stefan Diggs, we talked about. Be important for AJ Brown as well, who's going to be way too cheap against Buffalo, but he will see Tredavious White. So if he's going to be highly owned, like it seems like he will right now, I'll very easily just move away from that. Some cheapies to consider. Demir Bird had a really nice game last time out. Don't know how much I trust that quarterback play, really, but he's still $3,000. Like Demir Bird was a leading receiver last week for the Patriots, and he's running a shit ton of routes. Like, I don't know why he's not more expensive than $3,000, which keeps him somewhat in play. Rashad Perriman, $1,000 more, but also going to be in the same situation if he's healthy against Arizona. He'll be the number one on the outside. Maybe he's the guy who sees the benefit from Joe Flacco being out there. Flacco doesn't target outside receivers all that often, but actually helped Chris Herndon finally. We'll talk about that in a second. He's worth mentioning as like a really deep dart throw. LaVisca Schnault will be in my Jacksonville stack with DJ Shark and opportunities to kind of stack that game up as well. I think that's it that we really have to hit on right here. Let's finish it up with the tight end position as our sun is setting right now on the video version in this background. Tight end position. Be sure to check out Jock Market. Link down below. Download the app right now. Daily Fantasy Sports meets the stock exchange. It's a lot of fun. You can check it out. Link down below. Jock Market. Okay, get the app store, their website, all that type of stuff. It's all linked down below. So the tight end position, honestly, just pay for the studs. You can punt a $2,500 tight end. And you saw last week, Adam Trotman, zero points. It's just to the point now when they're this cheap, it allows you to get up to these higher passing offenses, whether it is the Cowboys, who are still not expensive, or whether it is a team that you do want to just pay all the way up for, get pieces of their entire offense. So go ahead, punt the entire position if you really want to. Because it's shown now two out of the four weeks that it can just work for you to pay for a $2,500 tight end who gets you zero points. So go ahead and do that if you want. I'm going to stick to just paying up for tight ends because they just look really good. I do think there's some merit though to punting it, but I don't think there's that many guys down in that range that stand out all that much, especially below $3,000. But it's the studs. I don't really have to tell you much. Kittle, Kelsey, Waller, Ingram, they're all on this slate. Evan Ingram's matchup looks fantastic. Evan Ingram is currently my number one tight end play according to my value. And he's going to be insanely owned this week. I do think that Darren Waller, again, these Kansas City stacks, I think are going to be sneakily under-owned. If you can get a Kansas City stack with Mahomes, Kelsey, insert another chief, and then running back with Darren Waller, who right now I have for the most projected fantasy points, even more than Kittle, even more than Kelsey, that looks really good. Like Darren Waller's ideal game script. It's a strong matchup. I don't think there's really anybody on that team can stop 
stop him. And in a bad week, he went for nine for 88 on 12 targets. This guy is just that good. Pro Football Focus against Anthony Hitchens has it as a positive 42% overall matchup. He's seen the number one target share for tight ends, 29.2, and over 30% red zone target share. He's finally getting red zone targets that he didn't get last year. So yes, I like Waller a lot. Evan Ingram and Waller are probably my favorite plays. But then right after that, it's the studs. Kelsey Kittle coming off of a 15 catch, 183 yard game. And now we might get back Jimmy G who's been practicing this week. I think Delton Schultz is also in play because he's that kind of cheat code. He's going to be like five, 6%, maybe even less owned at $4,800 because he's in that same price range as Evan Ingram. So a lot of people in these Dallas stacks will just bring it back with Evan Ingram, right? They're not going to have that two tight ends in their lineups more times than not. I know I definitely won't. I'll have that box checked off for my optimizer, but I might make some lineups with, you know, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, Dak, and then run it back with a Slayton and or an Evan Ingram. A lot of people aren't going to do that. So it's going to leave Dalton Schultz on their own, but he's been very good. Keep in mind, he's only played three and a half games at this point because he had to come in week one at the half when Blake Jarwin got hurt. And he's still fourth overall in tight ends routes run right now. He's fifth in targets with 28 on the season, seven per game so far in three and a half overall games, 18 receptions. He's seen two touchdowns. He's top six in overall red zone targets. He's just been that good, right? The matchup's going to be fine against Blake Martinez, who is better at tackling and run stop than he is against guarding tight ends. So he's going to be my final yes. And then after that, Mark Andrews, obviously in play if you want to be playing him against Cincinnati. He's a fine matchup, but in the same price range as Kelsey and Kittle, I prefer them. He's more expensive than Evan Ingram by $2,000. And then I prefer going to Waller much more over a guy in Mark Andrews. Hayden Hurst, Eric Ebron, they're going to be in play for me too. I think Eric Ebron's a really sneaky matchup. He's going to be facing Wallace, which is a positive matchup for him. He's ran 31 routes in his last game. And it's increased every single week so far for Eric Ebron. They had the off week last week. I think people will forget about him. He's only $4,000. And then some cheap guys who are going to have new quarterbacks that maybe those quarterbacks helped them, right? Logan Thomas played his most snaps last week, 93%, but saw his least targets, which is four. Maybe, maybe now that you get Kyle Allen in there who only threw it to tight ends and running backs when he was with the Panthers, it seemed like, and short to DJ Moore, maybe now you get something to go for Logan Thomas. It's really hard to continue to recommend him though, because he's just not producing on his volume. Last week doesn't get any volume. And then Chris Herndon's price point has dropped again. He's 3,200. I can't really say too much about Chris Herndon, right? He got like one ball last week. He's been absolutely abysmal. 75% of the snaps and 18% slot usage, but maybe Joe Flacco is the answer. This will be the one the time to actually take a chance on Chris Herndon if you're going to, because there's a new quarterback in there who maybe will rely on arguably his best athlete on the field in Chris Herndon, who's just not getting any usage. 14% target share right now, just 70% route participation. It's 18th amongst tight ends. There's not much to get excited about in the lower end. Just play the best tight ends. They'll all be chalky, right? Evan Ingram, Darren Waller, Kelsey, and Kettle look like the four best options. They'll be chalky. Dalton Schultz, I think, will be the one guy that you can get away from maybe in some of your stacks to get you less ownership on. And then if you force me to try and go down into like the $2,500 range, let's just take a peek down here. If you wanted to punt the position with a minimum price tight end, I'm looking at the guys down here. It's not much, right? It's like Harrison Bryant, who runs in two tight end sets for the Browns all the way at the bottom of my screen right here. You can see him now. It's just not that great. Chris Manhurt's not running a lot of routes. Witten looks terrible as a backup. Anthony Fersker actually does catch like two or three passes a game. So maybe you go to Fersker and just hope to get like four or five fantasy points. Ryan Izzo actually sees some targets. So maybe you go to Ryan Izzo for the Patriots, but who knows what their current situation is with their quarterbacks. It did not look good last week out for Ryan Izzo by any means. Literally like no production at all. He's not even minimum price. He's $2,700. So yeah, below $3,000 is literally nothing down here. If you told me that you wanted to take a chance on somebody, I'd say take that chance either on the rookie Harrison Bryant for Cleveland or take it on Ryan Izzo because they actually run some routes. But that's the issue. Like there's just nobody down here. Jordan Atkins got hurt last week. He's $3,300. But again, he's not minimum price. He's actually priced up. At that point, I'd probably just rather take chances on Chris Herndon, who runs a decent amount of routes similar to Jordan Atkins. I think Atkins has been performing better and he's more involved, but he did just get concussed. We have to track that. 
For the most part, I would rank it right now, probably Evan Ingram, Waller, and then a bunch of the other studs. That's where I'm at right now, everybody. I appreciate you tuning in. Hopefully you like the new background. I'll try and get a new one. Any recommendations? If you watched all the way through, let me know. I'll try and find some of those video backgrounds down below. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you all in advance. Yo, let's hit 30,000 fucking subscribers this week. Hit the like button for me. Big ol' subscribing and pops up. Check out Jock Market. Download their app and play this Sunday. The market opens at 8. They have NFL. They have golf as well, so you can check, or NBA as well. You can check all that out. Link down below at their website, or you can go and download the app right through the link down below in the iTunes store. It's in Canada now. Canadian friends, you can go ahead and play it. Get your daily fantasy sports. Meet in the stock exchange. Buy low, sell high on fantasy points. That's the whole goal of this bad thing. It's a perfect way to learn the stock market, or at least kind of the basics of it. Check it out. Link down below. You can secure all my tools and premium analysis down below. The more informed you are on this, the better the chance you have of winning. People have been winning in the Discord. People have been winning in the following, tweeting me over on Twitter and stuff, in the Patreon access, so you can check all that out and try and become a winner. It's not guaranteed. You have to still put the work in, but you're going to get a lot more information than you ever would. You're just pretty much going in with your eyes closed, right? You're going into war with your eyes closed if you don't have good projections, you don't have good rankings, you don't have a good process, and somebody explaining that process to you will help. You don't need that, but it will help. And those are just parts of the things that I offer linked down below. So be sure to check it out on Patreon. I appreciate you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. We had a great week. This weekend, I'll be adding the Patreon closing thoughts. Tomorrow, the That One Dude video will release. And Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time, we'll be live for an hour to an hour and a half talking about the week five slate, taking your questions. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate you in advance, and I will see you in the next one.